Hey, John, there's this super crazy story up in D.C. that's technically unsolved, or rather, there's just not enough evidence to convict the, uh, obvious killers. <clears throat> well, you'll see what I mean. Let's just say I think twice about whose couch I crash on after this one. Oh, and the police also find a box of butt plugs in something called a sex milking machine. Thank ya, you're super obsessed, can't stop listening, always talking about you, tried your find your address, please answer my phone calls, biggest fan ever, Emily. But it is time for surprise shots. Oh my gosh. At least there's that. And tonight's surprise shot is dedicated to Taco Supremo, Laura. Laura. Thank you, Laura, for your patronage. Um, Don't forget, if you would like to have a surprise shot dedicated to you, join us on Patreon. Uh, You can do that by either going to patreon.com or go to talkmurder.com slash join. And you can join our Patreon directly from there. There's three tiers. And the Supremo tier allows you to get a surprise shot dedication just for you. Laura, this is for you. Surprise shots, surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers! Cheers, guys. Oh, that is really good. Yeah. Pretty smooth. Yeah. Vodka. Peach something? It is. Peach vodka. Firefly, so it's local. (sighs) Peach moonshine. I didn't know they made moonshine. I feel like I can tell it's moonshine by the way no. it's going down my throat. No, it, that is not real moonshine. It's not white lightning. Or but... what we call it shine. That ain't the shine that comes from North Carolina mountains. That ain't no popcorn sutton shine. That ain't no popcorn sutton. No, but it is Rest local. in peace. That was good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I really like Firefly stuff. Mm-hmm. Their <sighs> apple pie moonshine. Oh, You know, I don't think I've tried that one. Oh, no, we've definitely tried that one on our older episodes because I had a jar and we finished. We we definitely finished it. Like, I think I only opened it. Well, please forgive me for, you know, forgetting something that happened when I probably blacked out. This is true. This could have been one of those like Jen's on the floor episodes. Well, that only happened twice. Tonight, before we get started, I want to give a shout out to just a couple comments on youtube now i don't usually look at these ever but for the last video i thought i would just give you guys a shout out so the first one is from rishi he says i love your show thanks a teen from india love you guys that's so cool i don't think we've ever talked to anyone from india i don't think so via the podcast before that's awesome that's great. Hello, yeah. Rishi. Hello. I hope you guys are doing okay over there. I know things yeah, are tough me too. Yeah. in India right now with yeah, COVID. Me too. Best of luck to you, man. So shout out to you guys. Thanks a lot, Rishi, for listening. And um, stay safe over there in India. And, uh, you know, that's it. That's awesome. Yeah. Also, tonight's story is for a Supremo request. Excellent. Ooh, from I'm going to start trying to cover more stores i know i keep saying that i have a lot of overconfidence and things you well know. we get a lot of requests we do yeah. get a lot of requests and then also true crime is something that will always have 
a story. You'll never run out we of true crime stories. We will never run out. We could be here until our freaking deathbeds. Can you imagine? No, but listen. It's where did we? It's not where did we? It's our 90th Listen. Okay. So Dan, that's what Nancy Grace is doing. Oh, shit. Keep going, Nancy. Listen. Okay. So I saw something online. Not TikTok. I saw Good it on you. Apple. I saw it on Apple News. Okay. There was a headline. I didn't read the article because I was at school and I was kind of browsing through art um, headlines when I was AP proctoring. Ooh, I probably shouldn't say that. College board don't come after me. You don't know where I work. Um, but they said that the millennial generation is the first generation that may not have to die. John, I fucking told you this for two fucking years. I, you know, I'm know. done. All right, well, tell us all the theory, Jen, since you're so... I told you I didn't read the paper. I just saw the headline. But you said until 2050, and I was just confirming... 2045. If you can last until 2045, you have a chance from what our medical knowledge is today and from some of the top scientists. Stop looking at my bulge. I'm not looking at your bulge. Why do you have a bulge in front of us? <sighs> If you can last till 2045, then you may have a possibility from what scientists and the top scientists today think you may be able to live forever. Now, you won't be immortal. You'll be amortal, amortal. which means you'll live forever unless you get hit by a train or by a bear or something. Hmm. I don't disagree with you, but I'm curious because, I mean, there are people in Generation X that would possibly make it to 2045. What? Dude, I'll make it to 2045 isn't 20 years. You thinking about clocking out? What the fuck? No, No. she's saying like millennials wouldn't necessarily be the youngest generation. Generation X. Not Generation Z. Generation X. They'd be old. Generation X. Oh my God. Wait, before I forgot. Oh, is that before us? Generation X? Yes. Because we're like on the border. Well, I'm on the border. You're on the border, aren't you? All right. So tonight's story is for M. Emily, thank you so much for requesting this story. You can request stories at talkmore.com and leave a comment on any blog post. Tonight's story, the photos and videos are going to be on talkmore.com. You can click episode 233 or 234, 233. I've lost count. Yeah, it's the the one with Robert Wone is W-O-N-E and from... Other newscast and stuff. I heard that's how they pronounce it. So one is the loneliest number you'll ever do. So, so tonight we are starting with a nine one one call. DC emergency nine one one operator six seven five two. Do you need police, fire, or ambulance? What's wrong, ma'am? We just we had someone neighbors in our house evidently, and they stabbed somebody. Okay, somebody's inside the house now. I don't know. We heard. Are they bleeding? You see someone yes. bleeding? Someone is bleeding in our house. Okay, where's they bleeding from? Uh, I think he was. I think in the stomach. In the stomach. Is he cautious? Uh, Calm down for me. I'm gonna send some help. Okay. Female or male? It's a male. He's a friend of ours. He was spent, he was spending the night with us. Okay. And who was the person that stabbed him? Do you know? Is he, is, is he cautious? We need an ambulance. Ma'am, this is he's not conscious. He's not conscious at all. No. We need someone right now. Is he breathing? Listen to me. Calm down. I'm going to help you. Okay. Is he breathing? I'm upstairs and he's downstairs. I don't know. 
Okay, who's downstairs with him? My partner is downstairs with him right now. He told me to go upstairs and call the police immediately. It's just went to the stairs. And okay, who's the person? Okay, I'm sending paramedics and the police. Okay, who's the person that stabbed him? I don't know. We think it's somebody with an intruder in the house. We heard the chime at the door. And it's 15, ma'am, calm down. 1509 Swan Street, Northwest, am I correct? Yes, it is. Yes. The person that says, is she still in the home? I don't know. Okay, we got help in route, okay? Pardon me? We have help in route. Thank you. They are laying route to you now. I'm saying the police and the paramedics, okay, to assist. Okay, what I need you to do is go downstairs, okay? The place where, wherever he was stabbed at, I need you to get a dry cloth, okay? And just apply pressure to that area. If he was wherever he was stabbed at on his body, I need you to take a towel downstairs while you're waiting for the paramedics to arrive and just apply pressure. Even if the rag or towel is saturated with blood, just get another towel and put it on top, but never lift the first towel off the area. Hold it on. Once it gets filled up, Blood, just put a number of towel on top of that and just apply pressure until the paramedics arrive. Yes. Yeah. 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 In the heart? Yes. In the center of his chest. Okay. Is he breathing? Is he breathing? He's no idea. Don't touch. Don't touch. Just touch. Just Okay, is he breathing? He's breathing, but he needs help now. Okay, we have help in route, ma'am, okay? We do have help in route. Okay, just go down there and try to tell your husband or your other um, the other half to just try to keep him calm and talk to him, okay? Oof. Keep him calm and talk to him until someone gets there. Okay. And at the same time, get a dry cloth and just hold it right there in the area. My partner's holding the okay, it, holding it on him. Okay, and once it gets saturated with blood, then I'm get another one. Go get another towel okay. so you can apply it on top of that one once it gets filled Double blood. Uh, we need we need you to apply pressure on that area. Okay, just hold it there until the paramedics get there. They should be pulling up any moment if they're already en route to your location. You don't know who did this. We have no idea who did this. The person had one of our knives. The person that stabbed him ran out the door with a knife? I, I think uh, okay, anybody get any type of description of the person that came in the home? I have no idea. We have no description. We heard we heard the chime and and we heard the scream from our friends. Okay. And so we came running downstairs. We ran in. So you both was upstairs and your friend was downstairs. Yes. You heard the door open and then you heard the scream. We didn't I didn't hear the door open until after the scream and then we ran down the stairs and we heard we are we have an alarm and so the chime went off. Okay. Is the ambulance please we really need the ambulance. Okay, they in route they, they in route now, ma'am. Go to the door. They should be pulling up any moment, okay? I'm afraid to go downstairs. Okay, the person who's downstairs was the person that was assaulted. No, we're in the we're on the second floor. Okay. So somebody need to go downstairs open the door for the paramedics. You're not sure if that person's still in the home or not. I have no idea. Okay, we have paramedics in route, okay? What time is it? What time is it at the moment? Yes. 2354. It's 1154, ma'am. 1154. Yes. I mean... I'll stay on the line with you. I will stay on the line until somebody gets here, okay? I won't hang up. We need them right now. I'm not hanging up, but we need, we need help now. Okay. They are en route, ma'am. They are en route. <laughs> help us. We have someone with stabbed. They're on our second floor. Oh, dear. I don't know what this is. I don't know what this is.
ma'am. <laughs> no, it's really an emergency. I mean, he maybe he's sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, it's gonna be okay. Alright, so we're going to 1509 Swan. Stop looking at me, Swan Street. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, the photo right here. This house was listed for 2.4 mils. I mean, it's a big house, 3,000 square feet. Yeah. 3,100. I wouldn't want it, though. I mean, number, one, number one, it's not by the beach. Yeah. Also true. And I it's mean, it's in DC. Yeah. Also, it's attached to other houses. Yeah. Yeah, not ideal. But that's big. That's twice the size as my house. Yeah, that's a big house. All right, let's see if we can look inside it. Wow. Mm, pretty nice. Obviously, they cleaned up all the blood. So, yeah, it's pretty nice. As a, So, who do you think owns this home? Some regular dude that works at... Well, uh, it's DC. I would say someone who works for the government, perhaps. Someone who works for, uh, what's in D.C.? I'm um, going to say the, the CIA? it's no. a lobbyist because people in the government don't make that much money, maybe. Well, if you're in Congress or What kind of lobbyist? Cause he Oil? Is, uh, th- think more about what was on the front of his house. A civil rights lobbyist. Kind of, a gay rights lobbyist. Well, lobbyist is kind of a... But lobbyist is a, correct? A gay rights activist? It's not really a lobbyist. A lobbyist... Is a he an activist? It's a, an activist. Not a lobbyist. A lobbyist takes money. Well, this guy I, just... Maybe I should change careers. Look at that But that's house. not all he does. He's also a lawyer. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, look and, at that fridge. And there's three... Wow. And there's three people living in this house. Well, four, actually. That's there's four nice people house. living in this house. So, yeah. That's a nice house. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, nice. I wouldn't mind, you know, having a, an attached building if I could afford something like that. Yeah. D.C. is, I mean, other than the crime rate, it is very nice. There's, there's you know, the all of the Smithsonian's, which are free, and then there's the, the White House and... And I'm very jealous of that kitchen. Why the hell would you want to see the White House? You can see that shit on TV. <laughs> All right, so look at this picture right here. This is the back patio. Uh-huh. That door locks. Apparently it wasn't at the time. And they were seeing something, something that came through on their chime. All right, t- re, re, um, tell us what the 911 call is about. Go ahead. Okay, so there's someone is stabbed on the first floor. Uh, the 911 caller is upstairs, and the 911 caller's partner is downstairs attending to the victim, apparently. They are not sure who stabbed the, the uh, victim. The victim was someone who was staying with them overnight. Um, and he said something about something came up on their chime video, and it's at eleven fifty four uh, p.m. That's um, that's a good point about the chime video. Thank it, you. It, well, it, it's not a chime video. It's um, he said I heard the chime. I thought maybe like, it might be a door like alarm. a doorbell, Ding, okay, or whatever chime. Yeah. All right. So tonight we are going to DC one five zero nine Swan mm-hmm. Street. This is on August 2nd, wee hours, 2006. Ooh. 
You, so you guys were still in middle school. Uh, no. F- well, yeah, going into freshman year. Well, no, going to stop. No, that was after our freshman year of high school. Ugh. Freshman to sophomore year. I'm robbing crades. Good for you. <laughs> well, we're going to be immortal, so you can suck on that. Uh, y'all ain't got the money for that shit. Nope, we don't. Well, I don't. We will. Cheers. To Especially podcast. after I bought the winning Mega Millions ticket last night. Oh, God. All right. So this is a three-story row house. The basement is actually rented to a friend who was not there that night. She was at, it was a woman. So it was the only woman in the house. Her name was Sarah Morgan. She wasn't at the house on this night at all. She left and she didn't come back until the morning. So she did it. I'm just kidding. She didn't do it. But she is, she lives in the basement and she was gone. So anyway. The house was extremely well kept. There are three males that live in the house. Plus, this night there was a fourth male who was an out-of-towner and a friend of the three males. Okay. And he was staying just for the night. He was actually working in D.C. the next morning. He got a new position, which we're going to talk about. And he was staying there overnight. It's a very fancy house. Mm Mm-hmm. Basically, the story is this. Three guys live in the house. One guy, like I said, comes and stays the night. And some somewhere in the night after 1130, the 911 call comes in and the caller claims that someone had broken into the house after him and his partner heard a chime. Someone stabbed this guy, the out of town guest, the out of town guest, stabbed him. They didn't know if he was breathing or not. He ended up dying. Uh, he was actually dead before they carried him to the hospital because the uh, what, what do you call it? The EMS, uh, the beep machine, EKG or whatever, wasn't registering in the hosp- in the ambulance. But it's suspicious to me that you have a guest, and the guest is the one that gets stabbed. Un- I yeah. It's like, what are the chances that of all nights, it's the night that you have an out-of-town guest? This story is highly complex and extremely confusing. You know what's confusing to me is how that townhouse sold for 2.4 mil and also how the townhouses down the street are, are being built and sold for $500,000, which is more than a ripoff, if you ask me, for a townhouse. But what do I know? I'm just a cashier. In Somerville? No, in Mount Here. Pleasant. The ones about Midtown. This Prices is DC. are skyrocketed. But yeah, DC. Small, small area. Yeah, that's true. So who you're looking at now is Robert Wone. Wone? And his wife. Is he the victim? He is the one that was stabbed, yeah. Okay. The time of death was 1224 AM on August 3rd, so in the wee hours. In the morning, and he was pronounced dead at the George Washington University Hospital Emergency Room. I was going to ask if if that house was near was near George Washington University because I attended a conference there once, and I, I think I parked on that street hmm. or near it. It looks very similar to the area. Hmm. Could be. How old is he? Twenty seven. He's going to be. He may be twenty seven there. On August 2nd, 2006, he was 32 years old. He was a, quote, fastidious man. 
end quote. That was from the actual judge here. All this stuff is extremely important to this case, like even little details. I'm sorry. Can you define fastidious for those who don't know what fastidious means? Yeah, he's uh, very organized. Doesn't uh, he doesn't leave his bongos just on the floor for, you know, uh, his other co-host to step on. <laughs> Shit. You know, I knew that it would come back to bite me every time we were like, I please, I please it tomorrow. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'll I don't say tomorrow. that. What'd Let's you do? Okay, babe, because you were being mean. Okay, I know okay. you haven't I was, slept. So. I haven't slept. Yeah, I haven't fucking slept. I'm tired. God damn it, I'm tired. And also, my house is pretty neat considering. <clears throat> considering it's a huge mess. <laughs> first of all you haven't been there since january second of all uh all right i gotta cut all this anyway let's talk a little bit about the victim here he is 32 years old he was living in oakton virginia Mm -hmm. however he just got a job he's a lawyer and a very successful lawyer however he just moved positions to general counsel oh okay which is a big deal young to be a general counsel yeah, at Radio Free Asia. And oh. Radio Free Asia, their offices was in D.C. Wow. So he was staying over here so he doesn't have to commute all the way back home because he just got this job and general counsel. He actually wants to go in and, and meet the night shift. He's doing what uh, a really good new yeah. general counsel would do. So I guess my sister would probably be able to let me know what this means. I'm going to ask y'all anyway. So general counsel is like the main lawyer, right? It's like the main, the head lawyer of a company. Okay. A little bit about him. He is a fourth generation Chinese American. He was born in New York. He went to law school, passed the bar exam, and he was actually highly involved in volunteering work, especially when it comes to Asian rights. Where did he go to law school? He went to William and Mary. Okay. Yeah, William and Mary. You know, I, like y'all fucking know people there. No, I don't know people there, but I've heard of the school. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm school. more interested in law because my sister is at Roger Williams Law School. She's going to be a lawyer and hopefully help me pay my bills when I can't afford my bills anymore. Hey, Jew. So his wife here, Kathy Wohn, they married in 2003. They were extremely close to each other. He is uh, the type of person that doesn't really see labels. He doesn't care what color you are, what race you are, what gender, or what uh, sexual orientation. He'll be friends with anyone. Very outgoing, well, not outgoing, but very uh, a kindly man, a, a very mm-hmm. accomplished lawyer and kindly man. So he graduated from William and Mary in 1996, and then he goes to the University of Pennsylvania. And he gets his law degree in 1999. Wow, Wow, UPenn is pretty good. It's an Ivy League. And he's 32 years old as a general counselor. Pretty good. All right, now I'm going to kind of go through the timeline. This case, like I I said, is extremely difficult. So we're kind of going to go by the official timeline here. Okay. So on Wednesday, August 2nd, 2006, at 8.45 a.m., him and his wife, Wife, Kathy, they get on the Metro. He kisses her goodbye on Connecticut Avenue, and then he gets on the Metro, which is a train. So once he got off the Metro, he had a huge day ahead of him. He was 
going to attend a continuing legal education course, CLE course, and then, and that's an all-day affair, mm-hmm. then he's going to go to his new position at the at the Radio Free Asia, and he was going to say hello to the night crew. So either way, he was going to get to the house late. Now, there's three guys that live in this house. And one is a couple unit. Okay, I'm going to get to that in a second. Okay. Sometime before 11.08. So he he goes and he meets the night folks. They sound great. I cannot wait to get started with this position. Awesome. This is the best thing ever. He goes back to his friend's house, which I'll talk about in a little bit. The guy that actually owns the building, the uh, condo he works, they went to William and Mary together, the uh, college. And that's how they met. They've known each other for literally 10 years. In fact, him, one of the uh, the roommates and his partner were actually at his wedding of, of Kathy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Juan's okay. wedding. So they're really close friends. But at 10.32 p.m. would be the earliest time that he would have gotten to the town home on Swan Street, okay. 1032. Now, the timeline is really important because when did that, uh, you remember when the caller asked what time it was? 11.54. Which is crazy. Why Why he's asking what time it is? Yeah. I didn't think about that at the time, but it is kind of crazy to ask that. I don't know. It's just weird. It's like he wants to put it on record or something. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Hmm. But so at 10.32 p.m. is the earliest time he could have got there he gets to the house and he's tired he's been out all day although may i ask a question so if he is just leaving the classes he's telling his wife hey i'm just leaving do we know for a fact that he was truthful in that statement or was he maybe somewhere else and like yeah that's a good question no i'm just leaving baby but he was really at a bar no he was at the class that was uh confirmed confirmed yeah one of the other attendees attending the class, I saw confirm that confirmed that was the time that the, both the class of them ended. went to Subway together. Okay, let's say he gets to the home at ten thirty-two. You're not just going to go in there and go straight to bed. You're going to come in. You're going to get a glass of water, which all the roommates confirmed. They were all downstairs drinking a glass of water. He's like, you know, I would love to stay and talk, but I am exhausted, mm-hmm. so I'm going to head to bed. And he actually went upstairs and went to sleep. Paramedics get there at 11.54 p.m. Yeah. If he would have got there at 10.32 p.m., that's a little over an hour. Yeah. But most likely he got there probably around 10.50. He was probably not even there one hour. Right. When he stabbed. When he stabbed. That is lightly putting it. Okay. Mm. In the view of the paramedics, 1154, they arrive. So the caller's still on the phone when the paramedics arrive? Yeah. Laying on his back Mm -hmm. on the second floor. So the second floor guest room, the person would have to go up up the stairs. So you heard the chime. The intruder. Now, they, they, they think it's just a regular intruder. Someone came up the stairs. Took a left, went all the way down to the guest bedroom, 
and then stabbed him. So that's that contradicts what the caller said because he said that the victim was on the first floor. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That that's actually one of the um, discrepancies. The caller told it's a pretty the big one. Yeah, it is. It is. They he actually told the uh, paramedics that uh, he was on the patio. And, what? Yeah, but the paramedics found him oh. in his guest room in his room, which is both of those mm. very different from being in the <laughs> main parts of now, the all house. these guys are friends. I'm, I'm going to get to exactly who these guys are, but keep in mind, they're all friends laying on his back was the victim, Robert Wohn. He was on a fold out bed in the second floor guest room at the front of the house. So okay. it, the the street that I was on on Google right. Earth, yeah, right yeah. Mm-hmm. and I'll show you the actual room here in a second. Mm-hmm. He had a night guard in his mouth. When detectives talked to his wife Kathy, they said, "Listen, I mean, he, she said obviously not just like yo, listen to this, but she said my husband was an extremely tidy and routine man. So what he would do, he would take a shower, he'd brush his teeth." He would usually sleep without a shirt because he sweats at night, and he would always put in his mouth guard. Once he puts his mouth guard in, the eyes go closed, and he's sleeping. That is his routine. So if he's got his mouth guard in, he's down for the night. Do you guys have a similar nighttime routine? Like, there's there's some a couple things that I can't go to sleep without. What? And that is putting on very specific lip balm, lip medics. I, like, can't sleep without it. Just regular lip balm will not do. Because it like cools. It's almost like a menthol. Vi- yeah, menthol. Uh, and I needed my eye mask. I can't How sleep without it. How is that eye mask working? I loved it until Luna ate it. I know. We also got to turn the air on. The big old the air, air conditioner. Yes, the air conditioner. We also can't sleep without. For me, I usually um, brush my teeth and put my retainer in. Mm-hmm. Say my nighttime prayers and then go to the bathroom. Like I can't. Like oh, that's a good one. I can't. I can't have any blat like any pee in my bladder. Me either. Like I have to. I I can't go to the bathroom then brush my teeth and then go to bed. I have to brush my teeth and then go to the bathroom and then go to bed. And even if I'm in bed and I'm thinking about like, do I have pee? I wake up and then I go to the bathroom. Yes. Do I have pee? Like yeah. I'm like, do I need? Oh do it? Like if do there, I? If and if I start thinking about, just it, I'm get like, a I, two I liter go bottle like everyone else I'm like, does. Shut up. Uh, otherwise, there, I'm not gonna fall asleep because I'm th- thinking about whether if I have there to pee. Are three drips of pee I will literally spend half an hour on the toilet until those three drips of pee come out of my pee part pussy no because there's three holes and then three holes yeah correct tell me the butthole too butthole vagina and urethra you talking about the flopes we've already talked about this anyway until my urethra is clear of pee I will sit on that toilet I literally have to have a self pep talk I'm like okay Collins like fucking pee like you're tired you gotta go to bed you call yourself by your last name yeah don't you? <laughs> All right, Do you there. call yourself by any name? <laughs> no, or is it I just don't me? Talk to myself. No, I don't use the third person. Oh, is this like a mental illness thing? No, I think it's that you're very into sports thing. Right. Okay, Collins. Mm-hmm. I think this. it's a sports thing. And it's not just when I have to pee. <sighs> then it's a sports thing. Okay. 
All right. Now that we know everyone's pee schedule. It's a r- bedtime routine. All right. So but I'm glad I'm not alone because I was thinking about that the other night and I thought <sighs> I was like, wow, I must be the only person who has to like okay. empty their bladder. This is a long story bed. and we're talking about pee for half okay. I'm just saying. It's but I very... can give you a fist pound on that. Robert Wone had his night guard in, which means he's down for the night. And then on the desk, because the guest bedroom had a desk, he has all of his stuff laid out, dress right dress. On the desk in the guest room, he has everything laid out, his personal items, his toothbrush, his ID, his keys. They're all dress right dress, perfectly spaced. He has two wallets. And at first I was like, why has he got two wallets? Hmm, one interesting. of them yeah do you know why and i've never heard anyone do this you want to take a guess why he's got two wallets one for work and one for personal use uh kind of one for cash and one for credit cards no uh one's a uh a fake so if he gets robbed he'll give the mugger the fake wallet. oh kind of that's a smart a idea good idea yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's got um, like a uh, fake credit card. DC is not a very safe city. So no, fuck no. It's a better good than it used idea. to be. Yeah. So is New York. Great idea. There was also a black handled steel bladed kitchen knife that they thought initially was from the kitchen block downstairs, but it turned out it wasn't because there was <laughs> one knife missing from the block downstairs, but one of the, the mothers had the you knife. You know how that is. Sure do. Still missing it. There was a, like I said, a, a steel, black handle steel bladed kitchen knife was on the nightstand nearest the door of the guest bedroom and it had blood on it. That Robert Wone's blood. Now. Uh, can I ask a question? Okay. Was that, oh, it had his blood on it. Okay. I was going to ask, did, is that from the, from the perpetrator or did he normally sleep with a knife on his nightstand? Yeah, he slept with a bloody knife on his nightstand. I do that. A black-handled steel-bladed kitchen knife that came from the kitchen knife block on the kitchen counter was on the nightstand nearest the door to the guest room. On the knife blade was a visible amount of Mr. Wone's blood and also some of his cut chest hairs and a globule of human tissue or fat. The handle appeared entirely clean and there were some dots or spots of blood on the metal protrusion of the knife separating the blade from the handle, which is sometimes called the hilt. I didn't know that. All right. So here's the thing about the knife. So he has three stab wounds and... The knife, it was his blood, but it it seemed to be, once the the detectives and uh, medical examiner and forensic guys walked through, the knife has his blood on it, but there's three stab wounds in his chest, which I'm going to get to in, here in a second. But the knife, it, although it was bloody, it wasn't the stick in and then pull out type of blood. It was more of a smeared from other places types of blood. So almost as like a distractor knife so that the other so the the the, the criminal could take the actual murder victim. They think weapon. The, from the initial statements they believed that the knife that knife wasn't used to kill him. Mm. It was a decoy knife put there and purposely had his blood smeared on it. As a decoy. It is a crazy fucking story. Okay. (laughs) But also smart. Like, if you're the killer. Yes. Yeah. So Robert had three stab wounds in his chest and abdomen area. Now, I'll put the autopsy photos on talkmurder.com, but this is the diagram that the medical examiner made. This is the actual autopsy, autopsy document 
from the medical examiner. Apparently, one of them hit the heart, if you're looking at that now. All the wounds were, quote, unusually uniform in dimension, orientation, and depth, end quote. Hmm. So all of these wounds were even with each other. The official cause of death was stab wounds to the torso, and it was labeled a homicide. One stab was in the chest into the right lung. Another one was in the chest through the heart. And one was in the abdomen, and the heart actually severed the aorta. It most likely caused them to die right there. Okay. And the last one was in the abdomen, the diaphragm, and it sliced open his small intestine. Each were uniformed at 4.5 inches in depth, or Hmm. 4 to 5 inches in depth, and 7 to 8 inches in length. Which makes me think that the caller really had no idea whether he was breathing or not. I mean, he was upstairs. He sang. He was breathing. Like he said, he's alive. But how did he really know? All right. Well, look, let me let me talk about these uniformed stab wounds. Okay. What do you think the scenario is where you can get uniform stab wounds? Someone that are the exact same length inside the body. And no defensive wounds whatsoever. Someone who's unconscious. Someone who's unconscious are bounded. Mm. Bounded up. Yeah, I would. I was also going to say sex play, but I went with unconscious. Hmm. We don't actually know if he was drugged or not. There were extensive toxicology reports conducted. But here's the thing about toxicology reports. They actually have to know what drug they're looking for. There's mm. not uh, one, you know, one... Uh, cover it all kind of chemical like a drug test cover everything got it so you it's know, not like if you perform the test and it's like boop, 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 drug found they couldn't find the exact drug but they're thinking that since he was he may have been incapacitated because the slices the incisions were so uniform in depth that he has to be in, incapacitated or either bound up but they i didn't see anywhere where there were uh, rope burns or any bindings on his wrist marks. Mm. So let's say he was drugged. Now, the medical examiner, Dr. Gozlinski, I don't know if that's how you say it or not, she observed certain needle puncture marks at Mr. Wone's right ankle, left neck, chest, hand and forearm inside the left elbow, which she described as, quote, evidence of medical intervention, end quote. Oh, so he could have been injected The with medical something. examiner is saying this guy, th- the medical examiner is saying this is direct evidence of medical intervention. Interesting. So let me say that again. He has needle marks. And when they asked his wife. He's not about a drug it, addict. Yeah. They asked his wife about it. They're like, what are you talking about? Plus, she just talked to her husband. Literally. Uh-huh. You know, he's not going and sticking needles all in his place, all in his body. Uh, he's right. not a closet freaking crack, you know, addict. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he's got needle punctures in his right ankle, left neck, chest, hand, forearm, inside the left elbow. And that is direct evidence of a medical intervention. Interesting. So my question is, what were his insulin levels or did they inject just air bubbles, which we know have been Ooh, almost impossible point. to detect? No, that, well, no, the, the, no. He but was, he was killed with the He, he was alive. The, the medical examiner thinks he was alive 
when he was stabbed. He actually was alive for at least 60 seconds to feel the stab, the incision into his heart. It probably took about 60 seconds. So it's seconds more likely that whatever was injected was to sedate. In some yeah, way. like a, they were thinking about like a poppers. You know, remember we did the yeah. Stephen Port grinder yep. date guy and he was giving those boys poppers. Yeah. The paramedics get there at what time? 11.54. They look at his BlackBerry because he has a BlackBerry and a cell phone. Right. There were two emails. One was to Radio Free Asia. They, they were just drafts. They, they were not sent. Okay. And the other email was to his wife, which, why would you email your wife? When you've just called her. Well, not only that, but I mean, why don't you just call her? Yeah, it's a very tax. She's probably waiting for you to get in. You know, mm-hmm. he called her once and said, I'm leaving the CLE class. Yep. Then he goes to Radio Free Asia. Then he gets there. Doesn't he want to call his wife and be like, I made it safe? Instead, Unusual. he drafts her an email and doesn't send it. That email was drafted at 11.08 p.m. From what I found, there are ways to there are ways to manipulate the date of a drafted email on Blackberries. So the the time may not be correct, but what they saw is that 11.08 p.m. is when the BlackBerry says he drafted an email to his wife. With any text or was it just like just like, uh, the sender? No, it was an email. Was yeah, a, but like was there anything written out in the draft? Now, they don't actually have all the, the documents of the BlackBerry. They dropped the ball on that. All that shit got erased. Mm-hmm. That is no longer available even to them. Hmm. Unfortunate. Yeah. That was, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, oh shit, I thought you, you saved those. No, it was supposed to be me. Oh fuck. All right. Well, kind of shit. Hmm. All right. Let's go back to the paramedics. They get there at 1134. The 911 caller, his name is Victor Zaborski. He is at the front of the house on 911. You heard him on the call. He's wearing a white bathrobe. They go in, the paramedics, there's two of them. They get the stretcher, and they're walking up the stairs. And we saw the stairs on the, the picture. Right. Very nice. Mm-hmm. A third of the way up the stairs, they encounter another man. Now, they don't know how many people's in the house or not. Mm-hmm. They just know there's another man. His name is Dylan Ward. He is also wearing a white robe. Dylan doesn't say anything. He kind of backs back up the stairs and lets the EMT and the stretcher get through and... The EMT says, you know, where, where do I go? What's going on? You know, all frantic. And all Dylan does is point to the room. He doesn't say a word. He just points. They observed very little blood in the crime scene. Very little blood. Which is odd. Yeah. So the medical examiner said that basically you get stabbed in the heart. Blood is going to, and the lungs, blood is going to fill up those organs. And you're basically going to drown in your own blood. That's pretty much how he died. Ugh. They get to the room. There's no, hardly no blood. There is blood stains, yeah, but there's hardly no blood. And to further complicate the case for the forensics, they used the wrong type of luminol or, or uh, inspection agent. I can't remember what it was. Something like Ashley's agent. I don't know the name of it. But they hmm. used it in a wrong manner, and they completely contaminated the any blood evidence that would be there. Great. Aww. So that is no longer an option for them. So if there's no blood, but he was stabbed in the heart, but 
it's confusing because you say the medical examiner says that he was alive for at least 60 seconds. But if his heart wasn't pumping the blood, that would be an example of why there wasn't a lot of blood. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's no blood at scene, which is weird. Right. And the EMTs noticed this. They, they noticed this. If you want to read this, this is... um. This is from the bench trial, which we're going to get to because there was a bench trial. He also observed that there was little blood on Mr. Wone or on the scene, but that on Mr. Wone's abdomen, there was a thin film of blood that looked as if it bore the impression of a kitchen towel or some item that had either wiped or had been pressed on the torso. Mr. Baker rolled Mr. Wone onto onto his side on the bed, then placed the stretcher under him and rolled him onto the stretcher, removing him to the ambulance so he was on the bed but that's also what the you know one caller told him them to do right so was he yeah but they were expecting a towel remember the the now one officers the now one operator said go ahead and press the towel on the blood yeah and if it gets too bloody switch out the towel right so they were expecting a shit ton of blood and a shit ton of bloody towels so this is the towel. Oh, that is not a lot of blood to be no. on a towel. Yeah, it's not. There's not any blood to be on a towel. Interesting. Sorry, nothing. You know, there should be a lot more blood on that towel. Yeah, especially if there's three stab wounds. It looks like blood was only coming primarily out of one area. All right, let's talk about the residents of the house before we go any further. Okay. So first, let's talk about Zaborski. Okay. He was the caller, correct? He was the caller. He's also the partner of the the lawyer that owns the house. His name is Joseph Price. Okay. There's three le- there's three residents that live in this home, all male. And plus, there's obviously one female in the basement. She wasn't there. Uh-huh. Obviously ruled out. Joseph Price, Victor J. Zaborski, and Dylan M. Ward. Now, they were in a poly name... Pollen, they were in a polynamorous. Polyamorous. They were in a polyamorous relationship. Oh, okay. Which means what? They were all in a relationship together. Right. Yeah, sort of. They were with everyone's consent, consent, but they weren't. They weren't all living in the same room. Right. Okay. At okay. the time, so it was more like a, you know how some Mormons are um, sister wife type situation. Yeah. So they'll they'll uh, let's say you got if you're. I remember when I was overseas in like Afghanistan, like someone would have four wives, spend one week with one, one week with the next, you know. Yeah, you rotate. Yeah. (sighs) They probably went fucking insane. Joseph Price, the lawyer, begins a relationship with Victor Zaborski. Mm -hmm. Now, a little bit about Zaborski's job. He is the marketing manager for the... I think it's like the Dairy Association of America. You know, the mm. Got Milk yeah. campaign, like that is his job. Like those, that campaign, you cool. know, that his job is a marketing manager that I don't think he came up with the Got Milk because that was like in the 70s, I yeah, believe. Yeah, yeah. But the same company that does that Got Milk is where he works. Mm. Okay. Right. Okay. He begins a relationship. Now, we're still talking about the residents here, so stay with me. Price begins a relationship with Zaborski in 2001. Price also begins a relationship with Dylan Ward. Dylan Ward. He was the one in the towel or the robe. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, the the uh-huh. one that when well, there were the two stairs. in the road. Who yeah, two was, in the who road. was yeah. silent. Yep. The yep. one on the stairs with yep, Dylan yep. Ward. Yep. He is a massage therapist. Okay. And now he, I even saw a, uh, 
a, a uh, post with him being a yoga instructor now. But at the time, they were in a polynamorous relationship. So they were all partners. Everyone knew about it. And there may have been other... Uh, and this is from the official report. Quote, some are all three engaged in relations outside the threesome. Okay. They consider themselves a, quote, family. Okay. Two weeks before the murder happened, Robert Wohn tells his wife, hey, I'm going to spend the night with some old friends. And I remember he met Price in his college and university. Okay. They became really good friends. And since then, about four times a year, they all meet up together, the wife, the the. Th- you know, the three men, stuff like that. They're all They're really all friends. close friends. I mean, they okay. do barbecues together and stuff. Got okay. it. Two weeks before this happened, he said he was going to spend the night with some friends. However, at first, he emails or calls. I couldn't find too much information about this, but he calls someone else first. It was a female. I don't know the exact relationship. Just a friend. But he calls her and she says that she can't host him this particular night. Okay. Which is important. Okay. It wasn't... Staying with them was not his first choice. Exactly. And also staying with a female... Because a lot of this... A lot of the speculation on this case was... Well, maybe he was... Was he in a relationship with these guys? Yeah, and maybe he was gay or something. Well, if that's so, then why would he stay with a female? And But then... To think about it, maybe he he had a bad feeling, or, or maybe yeah, he was maybe, friends with them. Maybe or maybe but, there was some sort of like kind of tiff with these guys. Yeah, maybe and he yeah. didn't really want to stay with them if he didn't have to. Right. Yeah. So he contacts Joseph Price, and they agree to take him in two weeks later. Now Joseph Price, a little bit about him. He's a well known, uh, a prominent lawyer. Mm-hmm. He is focused. Hmm. Mo- ma- he is focused mainly on gay rights. He was the president of University of Virginia's Gay and Lesbian Alumni Association, and he founded an advocacy group called Equality Virginia. Okay, I'm just gonna say if there is anyone who can commit a murder and maybe have a good shot of getting away with it, it's an attorney. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know all the things that you yeah, can but how and about, can't say. But how about three people getting away with murder? I'm just saying. Because remember, Zaborski and his partner at the time, which they're all partners, but Zaborski and Price are living in the same room. Mm-hmm. They're together, yes. apparently asleep when this happens. Then they hear a scream. Well, they hear a chime. The door chime wakes them up. Then they hear a scream. And they run in there and he's dead. Mm. So tell me what you guys think so far and what do I need to cover again? Anything. Because this is very, this case is really tricky because it's so many moving parts. I don't think there's anything you need to cover again. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, uh, it it sounds based on the indiscrepancies though on the placement of the person like who made the phone call. Mm Mm-hmm. That there is something awry here Correct. within the people who live in that house. Why would they kill him? I mean, the the part I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know for sure that they did, but I think the discre- in, the discrepancies that were made from the call in just the lo- several locations of where they said the body was, the lack of blood, the puncture marks in the arm. 
certainly call suspicion to the people who are in the house. Mm-hmm. Now, how long was he staying with them again? <sighs> Just the night? Just the night. Why would they be puncture marks in his arm? They're trying to drug him. What's the point? Like, why are they trying to kill this guy? I don't know. Well, they're like was, good friends did, with did him. Did somebody, did the lawyer want his job at Radio One Asia? No. Maybe they... No, he's he's not even Asian. I'm just saying, was there some <laughs> well, sort of is. jealousy? Yeah, yeah, no. Like, was the other attorney, <laughs> did the other attorney want his job? Well, there, there is a polyamorous relationship that is occurring in this house, and I'm, I'm wondering what if... What the t- fuck? Oh, this house. Not this house. Well, you so- said this house. Like, I was like, what the fuck? She meant the house in which the story is the taking story. place. There is a polyamorous relationship happening in the house in the story. <laughs> and I'm wondering, like, polyamory is very interesting to me because I just don't understand. As someone who's, who, who has, who has, I mean, everyone has a vice. One of my vices is jealousy. Hmm. So as someone who is a jealous person, I don't understand how polyamory could work. Same also. Yes. So I'm wondering if jealousy played any role in like, and you hinted just from a friend perspective. Yeah. I mean, you can get jealous of friends. Mm -hmm. Like I get jealous of friends all the time. It's called FOMO, fear of missing Mm -hmm. out, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, but also you question in the beginning, did we think that the victim was gay or straight, which in the long run doesn't really make a difference. But if he was engaging in sexual activity with one of the people in the polyamorous relationship or just someone was a friend and maybe just got jealous like they didn't even, they had a suspicion even if it wasn't there but he was stabbed in his chest which is a very intimate crime mm-hmm. in his bed that he was staying in. No, oh, apparently he was not stabbed in the bed. He was moved. Okay. He mm. was stabbed in the house, but stabbing is a very intimate crime. Like, it's not something that you can just walk up to someone in the street. Well, I guess you could, but I mean, it's not like bang, done. It's like. It was specific. Like, they went upstairs and they picked that room if it was an outside intruder. Yeah. If you go upstairs and take the immediate. If it's an outside intruder. Okay. And we're going to go back to the judge. This is from the official report. I'm just going to kind of breeze over it. I'll put all these on talkmore.com. But there was a bench warrant, or excuse me, there was a bench trial, which bench trial basically, because all three of these guys were tried, not for murder, but for other things we're going to get to. It was like a civil suit, wrongful hmm. death? Well, that, yeah, that later. But the bench trial is a trial that's conducted that does not have a jury. So mm-hmm. it's basically the judge doing a shit ton of research and making a decision based on the evidence she's, or she in this point, the judge was a female, is presented. Hmm. I'll put this on talkware.com, but the judge is Lynn Leboffitz, and it's a 35 page, 38 page paper. She goes through it, details, mm-hmm. and th- there's mm-hmm. a lot of sites that go into speculation. I didn't go near those. I went straight to here because she mapped out everything and with no speculations and she laid it out the the case exactly how it is is which which is what I'm laying out to you Got tonight. It. Yeah, but anyway, well before you go I was just going to say it's just also very suspicious that out of the four people living there obviously one was not there we already said the female was not there but out of the four four people living there that 
a random stranger comes into the house, goes up to the second floor and happens to choose the room that the guest that is only right. staying there for one night gets stabbed. I am persuaded by the trial evidence in its totality. I find that the murder of Robert Wone was not committed by an intruder unknown to the defendants. My reasons for this conclusion are the evidence that there was no sign of forced entry, no items or property disturbed within the home, no mark or disturbance that was made in the dust or debris on the fence railing, defendant's car, or the plant beds inside the fence. Not a single item of value of the type commonly taken by burglars was taken. Well, let me stop you right there for a second. The residents told police initially that someone probably climbed the back around on the patio climbing the wall to get uh. into the house uh, initially but then they they said uh they heard a chime so someone had to come up um the intruder had to have passed by mr ward's room to get to the guest room yet nobody entered mr ward's room zaborski and price are upstairs in their master bedroom mm-hmm. on the third floor they hear this scream they run downstairs and Zaborski immediately goes into Wone's room, which he also has to pass Dylan Ward's room. And in fact, he never checked on him. So, all right, say an intruder comes in and stabs this guest. You're going to immediately run to his room, even though your first stop should be Dylan's room, which mm-hmm. is right there. Right. You don't go there. You go to Wone's room and then... At no time do you even check on your friend Dylan Ward at all. Right. So that's kind of weird to me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's also weird that someone is going to just come into the house, too, knowing that there's three people there. Yeah. Like, if you were in an... If you're just coming to to steal something or stab someone... Pretty risky if there's other people awake. All right, well, who, who's who did this? All three of them, right? Someone in the house. Someone in the house, which means all three of them know about it. How would they not? Yeah, two of them are living together. Well, they're all living together. Two but I don't them, know if you can, how you can prove that, especially if the evidence was so fucked up. Yeah, that's and, the problem. Uh, well, so this whole bench trial was. Hey, were these guys guilty? And then after doing her findings, she said, (sighs) by by reasonable doubt, you can't prove that they're guilty. So basically, and this is her verdicts. I'm going to read this. uh, Based on the foregoing, I find Joseph Price, Dylan Ward and Victor Zaborski, each not guilty of the offenses of obstruction of justice and conspiracy to obstruct justice. I find Joseph Price not guilty of the offense of tampering with evidence because I mean, go back to the knife. It's not even the same knife used. Mm -hmm. So that was tampering with evidence. Now, the judge says many times here. In this report, which I feel feel like is very interesting, as my initial matter, I am persuaded by the trial evidence in its totality. So all said and done, every speck of evidence that I researched thoroughly, and it took a long time for her to do that. I think it was like two months Mm -hmm. of just doing this. And I find that the murder of Robert Wone was not committed by an intruder unknown to the defendants. She's saying, this is what the, the judge is saying. She's saying that you motherfuckers did it or you know who or the you fuck know who did, did it. Yes. But guess what? I can't fucking prove it. Yep. So you're free. But <sighs> fuck, you did it. Yeah. Or, or you know who did it. Okay, that's no. The, that is our system. All right, well, let, let's go down one more road that is... Uh, oh, okay. Kind of interesting here. 
All right, so I didn't get into this, but uh, we'll do that now. Do y'all know what a uh, Do y'all know what a milking machine is? Like at a farm, like a breast pump. <laughs> kind of. If you're at uh, work, is it like a manual, like sex toy, masturbation machine? No. If you're at work, you can uh, type in this. Uh, just type in milking kit. Uh, the Aerotech, E-R-O-S-T-E-K, and this is one of the milking machines. Well, considering that Eros is a form of love, I would uh, stray away from looking at that at work. I mean, I was looking up sprinklers and like seed spreaders today for my garden, but not something like this. All right. So this is, uh, let me see it. It's the Aerotech... It's their newest model. Let me see. Yeah, I got the old model. This is a masturbatory BDSM device. Let's just watch this little video here. This oh, guy, good. Um, I love product videos. This thing. Oh my gosh, that's going to cause like an epileptic seizure. Well, just listen. Oh, this thing. Butt plug. That's a butt plug. Okay. That's a, that's, how does that get up your butt? <laughs> you stick it up there. Probably with some lube. <laughs> like John's prostate exam. That just doesn't seem pleasant. Like, nope. All right. So this, all right, it's not technically a milking machine. I actually watched. Uh, I was wondering how this shit worked. <laughs> You're like, I'm doing a lot of research for this it's episode. A, this thing is a stimulation. You, do you know those things? Those um, massagers that you can put the sticky pads on your muscles. Yes. yes. I've got one of those yes. things. And yes. you turn it on and it just, you know, shakes your muscles. It's an electric shock, stimulant. Yeah. It's yeah. an e-stim device. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this is an e-stim too, but this is um, basically... For your butt. No, not for your butt, for your wiener. Oh, God. This actually puts around your wiener, it straps around your wiener, <coughs> but it also attach, attaches to a butt plug, yeah. And there's a butt plug right here. That's a nice looking one. I'm sorry, but things are supposed to come out of your butt, not go not into in. it. I agree. They attach around your wiener and they send these electric shocks. They they didn't find this on Robert Wone, but they did find that he had ejaculated and that huh. his semen was on himself and inside of his anus. Inside, inside of his anus. I'm sorry, you said his, his semen? Sperm. His own sperm. Not anyone else's, which, number one, the reason I'm bringing the stimulation thing up is because they found a shit ton of these things in the fucking home. And if you want to read this. I was just going to say, like, he could have just, you know. Tucked it? No, I don't think that's no, how it works. No, 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 no. I, I, uh, if, if it wasn't up his own bum, I would have said, like, maybe he just does. Right, maybe that's this, part of his nightly routine. Read this thing right here. Court papers indicate that the housemates had all sorts of attachments for the machine. Flesh-colored butt plug with conducting surfaces for anal insertion while attached to the Aerostech ET302R. That was the exact one they had, the 3-2. Black adjustable cock ring with white and red connector for use with Aerotech ET320R or similar device. Black adjustable cock ring with white and red connector for use with Aerotech ET302R or similar device. All right, I need to preface this right quick before we talk about this cock ring and everything. The I EMTs, have a story about cock rings, too. The EMTs get there. They notice 
the EMTs get there, they get this really weird vibe, especially from Price. In fact, one of the EMTs, I believe his name was Baker, when he was going to administer uh, aid to the victim, he was so freaked out by Price, so weirded out by him that he actually went out of his way, the EMT, around the other side of the bed, which prolongs the time he can take to give him aid because he was so freaked out about this guy and his strangeness that it just scared him. And and he went around the other way so he can keep him in his peripheral vision. Now, also, when the cops get there, and I have a quote from the, the report, and this is from the judge, if you want to read this. Sergeant Charles Patrick, the supervising officer on the scene until the arrival of homicide detectives, and Officer Gregory Aylman made similar observations of the defendants as officers generally inquired of them what had happened. At one point, Mr. Ward began to speak. Mr. Price gave him a stare. The officers interpreted as forbidding. Mr. Ward stopped talking and Mr. Price began to make a statement about the events of that night. Mr. Price continued to do most of the talking to police and led them on a tour as he explained the events of the evening. And Price is the lawyer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So basically, when the other ones were trying to answer a question, he would look at them kind of like... Um, Mr. Ramsey looks at the uh, the other family members mm-hmm. type of thing. I don't know if y'all got that. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, but the fact that they found all these sex toys, which, you know, it's that doesn't mean that they're, you know, maybe they just like BDSM, but this is the, uh, from Washington City Paper, the uh, title, The Secret Sex Toys of the Robert Wone Trial. And this is what they have here. It basically hooks around your penis. So basically what they're thinking is they, he ejaculated, but that doesn't mean he sat there and did it to himself. Right. It could have been forced. Well, yeah, if you have a, an Easton machine, that's going to um, simulate muscle contractions or cause muscle contractions, which, you know, would hmm. cause ejaculation. That. So with that video, you saw that it is attached to the butt plug, too. That could mean, all right, because semen was in his, like, inside of his anus. So how did the fuck did it get there? Right. It has to be get, it has to get there through someone pushing it through there or, or someone forcing their penis in you. Right. However, it's only his semen. So it had to be, he had to ejaculate. We know that. Everyone thinks it's by force. No one thinks he's homosexual or has any thoughts yeah. whatsoever, but he did ejaculate probably from this e-machine and then that gets forced inside of him so they used the butt plug to have his semen on it his semen as a lube for the butt plug perhaps and no one knows i mean because apparently someone came in and and, and did this all, just... all under an hour yeah, the fa- the intruder could not, if they're trying to say, like, when would the intruder have had the time to do that without being unnoticed by the other members of the house? Not possible. You know? Mm-hmm. Because the intruder would have had to have known that the machines are there exactly. to use them. Or bring them from home. And Plus, he would have to bring his own kitchen knife, because the one that was there was not the one. the you- kitchen block. Yeah, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Well, not... It wasn't, 
it was determined it wasn't the knife used to stab him. And then you and have... And it was placed there almost like to deceive the police. Here's what... The time it's going to take, yeah. the other members of the house should have been awake and have known that an intruder was in the house doing such things right. to their house but also i mean like if you're gonna doubt that theory you can call it a hate crime and say that someone who knew that these types of activities <sighs> typically went on in that house and that, then went upstairs i'm saying that's, that's a really good point yeah keep going that's a good point i was gonna bring that up well like you could say that like maybe maybe it, if you're gonna go with the intruder theory you can say they had a, a pride flag hanging on their house which is you know and this is in august a couple months after pride happens so if you're going to use the um the the intruder theory someone who who said i know that there is typically homosexual activity that happens in this house i'm going to target this house i know that john price perhaps because he's one of the people that lives there is a homosexual um living in a polyamorous relationship so i'm going to target these people and i know that you know i can go in there and just that something will probably be happening and at late at night because you're, you're all home and it's dark and then you can commit a crime. That's the only way I could see anything happening with it's a, a stretch. A, 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 it is a stretch. But it is a stretch, you, yeah. But it, it is a very good point. That's actually one of the theories. I was going to bring that up because they, I mean, we saw the Google Earth. That's the only house with the pride flag and the Josh Pry- or Joseph Price is a gay rights attorney. Very outspoken and a lot of people don't like that shit. And remember, this is this isn't 2021. This is 2006. Right, right. And I know it wasn't gay bashing and stuff like then, but it was worse than it is now. Kind well, of thing. I mean, that's still going on in 2021. No, I, I know, but it was worse then. Is what well, I'm trying I know. To say. I just got an email from from a parent who was upset that a class showed Love Simon, like which is a movie that has a gay protagonist. It's not even like yeah, yeah, rah rah, gay rights. It's not like that. Like, and she was like, "This is inappropriate for the classroom. I don't think that anyone should be pushing an agenda." And it's just oh, like yeah. people have those viewpoints still in 2021. So it's not, especially in 2006 which is before gay right gay marriage was legalized but so but regardless it, it's still a probably not feasible because the intruder whoever the intruder is to do all of that without having other house guests unnoticed is yeah. Not very possible. Right. It's a stretch, but it's not impossible. Like they, I think well, they did hear I think the chime. I think it is borderline it's, impossible. It's almost impossible, but nothing anything is possible. The, the, nothing is impossible. The No, it's impossible. The housemates were extremely uncooperative. Plus they all lawyered up. Now they did go into the interview room, one of them for twelve hours. But, That's a long day. Yeah, and but they did. Everyone lawyered up. Everyone had the same story, even though there were minor discrepancies. It's funny, Nicole, because you said if there's anyone that could get away with a murder, it's it's, it's an attorney. Lawyer, but like they do something like this. At the same point, did they? I have a question. Did they all? lawyer up with someone like people from the same firm was it the same lawyer was it different lawyers i think you have to get a different do you have lawyer. to get a different lawyer all right so this is the knife it was just on the dresser hmm. completely different knife hanging off this off of the side of these the are the three men right here so this is joseph price this is dylan ward and this is the caller hmm. i mean just okay. complete all right so 
let's go over the alternatives real quick before we stop this. It does step it up a huge notch when he has semen inside of him. Sure didn't see that coming. Especially his own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Baker says the three men look freshly showered and are acting calmly compared to the hysterical people he usually encounters in similar situations. Price tells the first cop on the scene that they had found one at the patio door and took him upstairs and laid him on the bed. She advises him to put on clothes. Paramedic Weaver says the body looks showered, redressed and placed on the bed. With no blood on there. So they've all showered and the body is showered. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, now, the police, suspicious. they went through all the drains. All right. Here's what happened with the police. Okay. They get there and they're like, what the fuck? You got two guys in white bathrobes. Everyone's they, got wet hair. They, they are just, shit's not fucking adding up at all. They're, they're giving us this, this canned story. Something's not adding up. And then they all lawyered up. They actually go and literally destroy that fucking home. They they take out the drains, everything. And apparently... The police, you mean? The police, yeah. And apparently, because no one was talking. They weren't getting anything. So apparently, they didn't find anything, enough evidence, or they destroyed the evidence, whichever one, to convict these guys. Hmm. They didn't find anything. So right now, I mean, you don't know. They, they could have been an intruder. Fuck. Now, let, let me go one other theory real quick. I, I know I didn't bring this up, but I do want to put this out there. Price actually has a brother who is a crackhead. Shouldn't say crackhead. A crack. Well, no, crack he's not addict. A, and a, he well, has a drug he's addict. got a drug problem, and he's also a phlebotomy student. Okay. Which they do a lot of other. St- well, what do they do? Injections. Injections. There you go. Blood he, work. Yeah. So let me show you this guy. All right, so this is his brother. This is Price's brother, the guy that owns the house. Uh-huh. He's got a drug problem. He actually breaks into the house about two months after this. Okay. He and almost he steals, looks like, steals a bunch of shit, TVs and everything else. He almost looks like the guy in the middle, which is weird. Mm. Yeah, that's Joseph Price. Weird. No, no, he doesn't look like Joseph oh, Price. I Dylan. know, yeah, he Dylan, looks like Dylan, yeah. Dylan, yeah. yeah. Here's the theory with that. He, he uses needles. He's a phlebotomy student. The day that Wone is murdered, he skipped class that night, okay. which is extremely rare for him. Plus, right after the murder, he hit the, the drugs really hard. He basically hit the worst rock bottom he's ever had. Maybe so guilt? For may, all right. Let, let, here's, here's usually how these stories work. If all three of these people didn't kill him, right, especially in an hour, let's say... Here's my theory, at least. Let's say this guy, Michael, breaks in the house. They did hear the chime. He goes up there, sees Robert Wone. Now, this is speculation. He stabs him or whatever the fuck happened. There, one thing I forgot to mention is the, the autopsy. There were, uh, I can't remember the term, but they noticed the, the little bubbles in your eyes when you get strangled. They think he was choked at one point. But he was he was alive after that. So let's say there's a struggle between Michael and this guy. Now, these three roommates, or at least two of them, including the guy's brother, they want to stage it to look like a sexual crime by doing the ejaculation, putting semen inside of them, all this stuff, and divert the police with this crazy knife theory and all this shit. Michael may have just broken in looking for drugs. 
and he kind of knew where to or not drugs, but drug money, stuff like that. And there was ecstasy in the house. So he breaks in. This is one theory. There's a struggle with him. Then this guy ends up dying, Robert Wone. And then they stage it to look like a sexual sexual thing happened, knowing that the police won't be able to connect all the dots. And since the one guy's a lawyer, the brother, they know they're going to go free if they all stick to their story. Okay, another theory is that, let's say, when Michael Wone gets to the house, they're in the kitchen drinking water, they slip something into his drink because all three of them are in a sexual relationship and they want they they want to have sexual do stuff with him even though they know that he's straight or whatever or maybe he rejected their advances or whatever they drug him they mm-hmm. put him in the chair then he comes to because the drugs wear off so what do they do well they if you give him a pill it's going to take a long time so what they do they just get that shit and start stabbing him all over the place with the needle, right? That's why he's got needle marks everywhere. They finally get enough drugs into him where he's completely immobile. And since there was no binding marks or anything, now he's just sitting there. So, yeah, he's alive, but he's completely just zonked. Now he could just push the knife in, and that's why it's the same. Because if you're going to kill someone with a fucking knife, we've done a lot of these stories. It is not like this. Four inches, out. It's like this fucking shit right here. Fucking yada, yada, yada. This seems like this. Okay. Uh, He woke up. He saw us sexually abusing him. He's going to tell. We're all going to get in trouble. We need to kill him. Okay. You stick the knife right through his heart. Okay. Like that. Stick it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Kind of fucking gruesome and kind of fucked. But, you know, whatever. I mean, there was also ecstasy at the house. They all lawyered up. And... It's been blind. There's been no leads or nothing since it happened. I know the wife won a civil suit for an undisclosed amount, but honestly, I think because against these men, you mean? Yeah. Wow. Well, they, I, I shouldn't say won. They settled. So I mean, it may have been nothing. Was but, it a wrong? It was a wrongful death suit. Yeah, that and tampering with evidence and stuff like hmm. that. But. No one knows. And the fact is that this case is kind of, you know, it's got all the the makings of being a sensational case, but no one knows about it. It's crazy. It's like got a mystery in it. It's got, uh, you know, uh, sex related stuff in it, but no one has even fucking heard of it. And it's in D.C. Yeah. I mean, it's just just really, it's sad that no one you know, was brought to justice for this individual who yeah. like had such a bright future, was doing amazing things like that. Uh, yeah. He, um, I hate when people get away with shit, mm-hmm. but that's the thing. You don't know. I mean, I mean, fuck, everyone knows this guy. Or they knew who did it. Like yeah. the judge said it well. Yeah. Honestly, guys, if you really want to know, everything about this case don't go to these fucking speculation sites they just they just stretch shit just go and look at the judge's bench trial documentation it's 38 pages she lays out everything extremely nicely it's well said she makes her point that hey these guys they 
They know who did it, at least if they didn't do it themselves. She lays out all the facts that they can't be an intruder. There's nothing taken. There was no evidence for a break-in intruder. Plus, why would an intruder go to his room when they could go to Dylan Ward's room? You know, stuff like that. It's yeah. just and and the fact that all like the, all three roommates were just it was scripted. Yeah. But it's just weird, like you know, because obviously it's so interesting, like what actually fucking happened, you know, like what the fuck happened to Bizarre. To, to have this guy strapped up. And then he was clean. They they put him in a shower yeah, and they still found crazy. semen in in him. But his own semen. I know. Which it's is crazy. fucking crazy, man. Yeah. Which means they would have to force ejaculate him somehow. And that's where they found that uh the machine. That machine. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. It is crazy. Anyway, Emily, that's your case. I hope you enjoyed it. That case just really hurt my head. And I honestly, I wish I would have given myself more time to research it. I didn't know it was going to be that involved in and so many moving parts. But it's a good story and or a good story. It's a, an interesting case. And I, I'm so glad you suggested it. If you want to suggest your own stories out there, you can go to the blog at talkmer.com. Just comment on any post what story you want me to do. I'm going to be trying to do a lot more here coming up. We got the Snowtown murders coming up for for our friend Malachi. And then we got prom night murders coming up for Jen's friend. I don't know who was that that requested Heather. that. Heather requested that. Some other ones coming up too. I'm really going to try to get these out the way for you guys. If you want to support us, listen to this ad free. Go to talkmore.com slash join. And you can support us $3 a month. Uh, for the lowest tier, and you can hear all these ad-free, especially if you're on this binge binge. So anyway, I uh, hope you guys like that. I know it's kind of rough. But anyway, my name is John. And until next time, good night, you lovely, lovely people.